Welcome to the City Hills Church Sermon Podcast. We hope that the message today helped you encounter God, love people, and discover purpose. For more information about who we are as a church, head over to cityhillschurchsd.com. If you would like to partner with us financially, click the Give button at the top of the homepage on our website. And now, let's jump right into the message. One of Lauren and I's favorite things to do in the world is to meet new couples, to sit at a table, sit around drinking coffee and just hearing their story, hearing how they met each other. Did they did they meet in high school or they high school sweethearts or did they randomly meet up at a restaurant? Was it online dating? Was it magical, like meeting on top of the Empire State Building, like Sleepless in Seattle? Like, What was their story? How did they meet each other? And it's so interesting and it's so fascinating to us. We're, we're leaning forward in our seats. We're, we're smiling the whole time we're hearing it because there's just something so incredible about the fact that in a world filled with over 7 billion people, you found someone, your person, right? You found someone that you decided, you know what? I want to spend the rest of my life with them. Isn't that just so incredible and it's so interesting to just hear the connection points and how lives weave together and and we just love that part of getting to know people. And we love getting to tell our story, getting to tell how we met each other. I love to tell the part of the story of how when we met, Lauren was the one who actually pursued me and and she never really did anything like that, but there's just something that just caught her eye that she she was chasing after me and then I just like you know it feels good it's like oh yeah she did and I love telling the part of the story of how I won her heart over when I moved to where she was living and this whole line of dudes that were just waiting for a date they got denied and because this random kid from New Orleans showed up and and we connected like I just love that part of the story I don't like the part of the story where I have to talk about where about halfway through our engagement, both Lauren and I realized that I wasn't being the man that I needed to be, that I wasn't maturing the way that I needed to to lead a family. But as much as I hate that part of the story, I love telling of how God humbled me and how how the Lord helped me to to recognize some things in myself, helped me change some things about the way that I approached people and the way that I lived my life. And the Lord changed me from the inside out and and helped me to become the man that I needed to be, to, to be able to lead our family and then eventually to become a father. I love that part of this story. And it's been this beautiful story of of 12 and a half years now of being married and adventure after adventure. And it's just so fun getting to tell our story. But the point of all of that that I want you to think about is that Lauren and I happen to believe that you're not in the family that you're in by accident. We happen to believe that you're in the relationship that you're in for a reason, that you, you were born into the family that you're born into for a reason, that, and that God actually has something for you. Even though maybe you feel like the black sheep of the family, like you don't, you don't have anything in common and you do life completely different and, and they're crazy and you're sane and I get all of that, but we just happen to believe that God created you and placed you exactly where you are for a reason. 
that there's so much power in that. But let's just be real. Not every part of the story is good. Some of you would tell me, well, Danny, that that relationship that you're talking about, it, it ended in a divorce. That relationship that you're talking about, he or she hurt me and and I'm still dealing with the pain. The engagement that I that I had was broken off because he or she cheated. My family abandoned me when I needed them most. I didn't even know my mom. I didn't even know my dad. My parents weren't who I thought they would be, Danny. How could you hear that part of my story and say that that there's still purpose behind it? And I would push back and say, did you learn? Did you grow from it? Did you realize how dependent you needed to be on Jesus from that part of your story? Did you realize that, hey, I can't do this on my own? Were you, were you able to connect with some people in your life that helped you through that? That I believe that God helped place around you to, to help you get through that dark season of your life? And the bigger question is, is your story over? And I would contest that if there's breath in your lungs, your story is not done. So yes, while that's devastating, and yes, that's real, and that's absolutely something that we have to grapple with in this world, and there's, there's pain and there's hurt when it comes to our family and our relationships, I believe God can redeem the pain and use the darkest seasons of your life to propel you further into his purpose and connect you deeper with him. So no, I hate those dark parts of your story. I hate the dark parts of my story. I hate those seasons of struggle and pain and confusion. But I also recognize that God can use those moments. And I would challenge you to not allow the enemy to convince you that your past pain hinders your future potential. The enemy of your purpose wants to say, you, you can't do those things. You, you don't have any purpose. Your family has no value to you. You can't be in a healthy relationship. Look at all the relationships in your family. Don't allow the enemy of your purpose to convince you that your past pain, your past history, your past legacy has to define your future potential. God redeems stories. And we, every story we look at through the Old Testament, stories that we see in the New Testament, God is re- redeeming these stories of people who have crazy and chaotic lives. But one of the things that we've grappled with as we've become parents and as we're learning how to lead our family in this season is that what I do for my family is not nearly as important as what I leave in them. Let me say that again. What I do for my family, what I give my family is not nearly as important as what I leave in them. It's not nearly as important as as what I can pour into them, what I can impart into them, that I can teach them and show them. For many of us, we we want to make our kids have a life that's different than maybe how you grew up and 
You want to give them things that you never had when you when you were growing up. Maybe your family wasn't wealthy and and you barely had anything around Christmas time. And you just want to you want your kids to experience something different than that. And and while that's totally fine, the truth is, it's less about what you give them and more about the values that you impart into their lives. The things like your your time, your wisdom your experience, those things that you've learned, your affection, your encouragement to them. Those are the things that have a lasting, life-changing impact. Listen, getting a, a new PS5 may be cool. Getting that designer bag for your wife may make her feel super cute. Getting that new gadget or that exercise equipment or that hiking gear, that camping gear may be really exciting for a moment, but none of that lasts. None of that has the power to change your life and change your future like your values, like those principles that we talked about last week. For for Lauren and I, we shifted a few years ago where we said, you know what, we want to have more experiences and more memories than we want to have stuff. Like We want our girls to, to grow up having so many memories and so many experiences of doing things. We, we want more memories and less filled closets, right? And somehow still the toy closet is overflowing. It's like what, we stopped buying as much stuff for them. Why is this closet so full? Like we go through and we we give away toys to kids who don't have toys and we clear it out. And somehow like a week later, it's filled again and it's a disaster. It's like, where in the world is this stuff coming from? But if we want to pass on our values and our principles and those things that last, if we want to do that, we have to know what those are. We can't just assume them. They don't they don't pass to one another. They don't impact our whole family. They don't go to our kids just through osmosis. We have to pass them on intentionally. And in order for us to do that, we've got to know what they are. We've got to establish those things. So as we, as we look, at, look at how we can establish becoming the family that we want to be, I think it first starts with defining the culture of your family. Define the culture of your family. Culture is one of those words that that we hear a lot of times in organizational leaderships and in business leadership. And so many times we we can understand culture in terms of a of a workplace, right? We've we've been in those workplaces where there's a healthy work culture and then there's a bad culture. There's an unhealthy culture. A bad unhealthy culture is is filled with gossip and drama. And every time you come in, there's just something like you. You never can walk into work going, "Okay, today I'm going to just get to do my job. Right. An unhealthy culture is I'm coming in and I'm going to war with somebody because some kind of foolishness is going to come up. There's always drama. There's always closed door meetings that have to happen because there's something going on. There's no trust. Uh, Goals aren't being met. They're failing. It's a draining existence. You wake up in the morning exhausted and dreading going in, not because of the job, but because of the culture that you're going to be in. 
But some of you have worked in some really incredible cultures, ones that that give you life, that inspire you, that that drive you forward, that push you further along towards your purpose and, and the plans. And and it's exciting and there's energy and there's chemistry and it, it feels amazing. There's culture that has to be discovered and determined within our homes. Look at this truth. Our values should shape the culture of our home. Culture is not something that just happens at a workplace. Culture isn't something that just happens in in organizational leadership. What's the culture of your home? Is it peaceful? Is the culture one that when you walk in the door, you just go, I can breathe? Is it a place of peace? Is the culture of your home one that's dramatic? Is the culture full of highs and lows and roller coaster emotions and it's just on and on and on and and, and it's just draining? You never know what it's going to be like. Is is my husband in a good mood today or is he in a bad mood? Is my wife in a good mood? Are the kids waking up on the wrong side of the bed? Like, what is the culture of your home? Is it one that's angry and passive aggressive? That it's it's a home that's filled with with sarcasm, but it's it's digs and it's jabs and it's it's this passive aggressiveness that you're constantly talking about what's wrong with each other, but not actually talking about it. You're just throwing at each other in the face. It's like, well, you suck at that. Well, you're awful at that. And and is that the culture of your home? Jab, 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 hook, fight, fight, fight. Or is it a culture that's encouraging, that's open, that's transparent, that you can sit down and have a legitimate conversation without having to pull out the boxing gloves? We have to define the culture of our family. The second thing that I think we can do, the value, the principle that we can establish is determine what matters most. You say, well, Danny, that's about as obvious as it can be. Well, sure. But what matters most to you? Is it quality time? Is it financial stability? Is it honesty with each other? Is it experiences? Is it just creating a safe place that you maybe you grew up in a home that wasn't safe and and what you're trying to create is just a safe place? None of these things are bad things. We just have to own them. We have to determine what we actually value the most. Is it leadership development? Like for me, that's a really important thing. Like I want to raise my girls to be good leaders and and I'm probably starting way too young with them. But like there are times where not in a in a mean way, but I'll I'll just tell my girls no. And the girls are kind of like, well, why? And sometimes Lauren is like, yeah, why? And it's just because I need my girls to learn how to handle that word no. They're going to work in a place where they're going to ask for something and their boss is going to say no. And I need them to be able to handle that without having a conniption fit because it's the first time someone in their life said no. And there's other leadership traits and leadership things. We call out leadership in our girls. They're six and three. I'm like, hey, be a leader. You're called to be a leader. Be a leader. Don't Don't follow just what everybody else is doing. And they're like, Daddy, I just want to go to the park. (laughs) Right. Like I I, it's important to me to call out and grow leadership in in my girls. 
For Lauren, one of the most important things about our house, one of the things that she values the most is making sure that our home is one where there's gentleness, that that we speak to each other in uh, just gentle ways, that it's not aggressive, that it's not yelling back and forth, that even when there's struggle and, and challenge, that we can be patient and gentle with one another. That's an important thing to her. If you what what about what you value most? Is it is it a healthy marriage? Is it healthy kids? Both of those are really good. But I would actually challenge you that sometimes what we've seen a lot of times is that we're so focused on having healthy kids that we neglect having a healthy marriage. And I would challenge you and tell you there's no way for you to have healthy kids if you don't have a healthy marriage. The greatest example, the greatest way to teach your kids how to be the leaders you want them to be and to grow up to be the family that you hope they would be is by modeling a healthy relationship where God is first, your spouse is second, and they come next. Our girls understand that Friday night is date night. I don't care if you want to hang out with me. I don't care if you want to cuddle. I love you. I will cuddle with you six and a half other days of the week. But on Friday night, it's me and mama's time. I've got to make sure that they know, and and Lauren fights for this too, and now they don't even question it. They're like, oh, Friday, it's date night, right? Yeah, we got movie night with Mimi. Like, that's it's awesome. They celebrate us having date night now. In the beginning, it was kind of like, no, don't leave. Now they understand. It's important for mommy and daddy to have that time with one another to be able to make sure we're healthy in order to, as a unit, we can help them be healthy. So um, a lot of times we see it in families where the kids come first and it's like, no, there's no way for them to be healthy if they don't see your marriage being healthy. That's a side note. I, I went on a tangent there. I'm sorry. But we have to understand that we, as we determine what matters most in our lives, there are basic needs of, of finding purpose and meaning and love, that, that as we determine those things, those should shape the way that we meet those needs. The Apostle Paul says it this way in Ephesians 2.10. I love this translation. We have become his poetry, his masterpiece, a recreated people that will fulfill the destiny he has given each of us, for we are joined to Jesus, the anointed one. Even before we were born, God planned in advance our destiny and the good works we would do to fulfill it. We're God's poetry, his masterpiece. He's poured so much in us. There's so much purpose and meaning and value in our lives. And we have to ensure that the culture that we're creating, the things that we determine that matter most, help connect us with that masterpiece of a plan that God has for our lives. Our, our lives are this ongoing journey of trying to fulfill those needs. And I like to think about it. What if you were going on a hike and it's a, it's a long hike through the mountains and you needed to fill your water bottle. And on one side, there's a beautiful stream coming from the mountain that's clean, it's, it's clear, it's cold. But on the other side is this stagnant pond that has no water going into it. And it's kind of discolored and it has a little bit of a smell to it. It's obvious to you which one you would want to fill your water bottle with, right? 
But so many times in our lives, we go to insufficient streams to try to fill those needs in our lives. We go to insufficient sources to find the value in what matters most. And, and while we, it's obvious to us in the illustration that you want the clear, clean stream, so many times what you and I do, we ignore that stream that comes from our Heavenly Father, that relationship with Him, the things that He tells us should be important. We miss out on those and we choose to fill our lives and our buckets from stagnant water that will only make us sick, that will not help us connect with what God wants us to connect with. So we have to determine what matters most and we have to go to the right source to fulfill it. One of the next values that I feel like is one of the most important is the value that we, we fight for the heart. I love the words of Proverbs 4.23. It says, so above all, Guard the affection of your heart, for they affect all that you are. Pay attention to the welfare of your innermost being, for from there flows the wellspring of life. Here's the truth that you need to know. My family and my kids need to know that I will never stop pursuing them or fighting for a right relationship with them. Your family needs to know that there's never going to be a point in time where you go, man, this isn't worth it. It's not worth fighting for you. It's not worth pursuing you. It's not worth the effort of trying to make sure we're in right standing and right relationship. Your spouse and your kids are asking, will you give up on me? When the tough gets going, when, when life throws a curveball at you, when the finances don't look the way that you want them to, when there's an unexpected tragedy, your family needs to know, will you, will you give up on me? Is, is this a safe family? Is this a safe place for me to discover and, and understand what's happening in our home, to figure out what's going on in my life? Your kids need to know that as they hit the teenage years and they go through those formative years, are you going to give up on them when they make a mistake? Are you going to give up on them when they choose a lifestyle that's different than what you would want them to? Or are you going to continue to pursue them with the love of Christ? Mom, dad, are you going to give up on me? That's, that's the question that they're asking Ask yourself this question, is, is my home a safe place to share your heart? Is my home a safe place where we can sit at the table and, and talk about what's really going on in our lives, to, to share our weaknesses, to share our insecurities, to share our pain? Is it a safe place for that to happen? We've got to understand that true transparency and, and being able to dig in past the surface and see what's happening is this verse says, the welfare of my innermost being. What's the welfare? What's, what, what's the status of what's going on in my life? Is your home a safe place to talk about that, to, to dig into that? Think about it. And this is, this is heartbreaking, but think, think about how most affairs start. Doesn't it sound a little bit like, you know what, she, she understood me. She listened to me. Or he, 
He actually cared about what was going on in my life. He he listened to what was happening. He could he could relate and he would he would open up and share about things that were going on in his life. And and my husband never would do that. And one thing leads to another. And sure, some affairs happen because it's it's just this physical thing. and, And that's a part of it. That's real. But the majority of the times, things that we've seen and experienced It's because it's a matter of the heart. Somewhere in your home, somewhere in your relationship, somewhere in your family, there isn't a safe place to deal with the matters of the heart, to deal with the welfare of our innermost being. Are you fighting for the heart? The the challenge for us is, are you willing to establish your home as a place where you'll fight for their heart more than you'll fight to get your way? That's uncomfortable. I get it. But so many times we're so passionate about fighting for us getting our way and things looking and becoming the way that we want them to look and and our house looking the way that we want it to look and their rooms looking the way that we want them to look and and our relationships and our date nights. And we want to be in so much control that we don't oftentimes pause to say, hey, how's your heart? Hey, how's your soul? Hey, how are you really doing? What, what, I know we don't use this language. What's the welfare of your innermost being? How are you really? How are you doing? What's going on? What are some of the things you've been struggling with? Guys, are you willing to fight for the heart of your wife? Are you willing to fight for the heart of your kids? Are you willing to to kind of lay down your own walls, to, to be more transparent than you would ever want to be and, and share what's going on with you so that you create a safe place for your family to do the same. The last value, and, and we could go on and on and on and on and on, and I know you don't have time for that, but the last value, and I think it's, it's an obvious one, but an important one for us to talk about, is that we have to establish healthy rhythms. We have to establish healthy rhythms in our life. Look at this truth. Where you spend your time and your money determines what you value the most. No, yeah, yeah, it's true. Where you spend your time and where you spend your money oftentimes determines what you value the most. So so the question for you is, is what are your calendars and your credit cards communicating about what you value? What does your calendar say about what's most important to you? What does a credit card statement say you spend your money on? Is it spending time and money on things that connect with what you want to be and the family that you want to be? Or is it just on stuff, on filler, on, on things that, that come from that stagnant pond rather than the, the stream. And it doesn't mean you don't spend money on things that you enjoy. It doesn't mean you don't have hobbies. It's not anything to do with that. But so many times our calendars and our, and our finances point us to things that in the end, if we really thought about it, it's like, well, I'm doing that, but it's, it's really not that important to me. I really wish I was spending my money on this. I really wish I had more time for this in my calendar. I wish I had more family time. I wish I had more time with my spouse. I wish I I could go to the gym and be healthier. I wish I could do all of these things. Okay, well, why don't we establish healthy 
rhythms. I came across this verse this week that I don't like at all, but I think it was important to share with you. Proverbs 13, 4. It says the slacker wants it all and ends up with nothing, but the hard worker ends up with all that he longed for. This verse absolutely slapped me in my face this week. And honestly, I thought about leaving it out, but I felt like it was important to share because I'm not a slacker. I work hard. Like, I, at the end of the day, I'm exhausted from, from all that I did. But I think it was important in what I felt like the Lord revealed to me is this isn't about whether or not you're lazy. It's not whether or not you're sitting around in PJs watching Hallmark movies all day long on repeat. And it's the same four characters. It's not about that. It's, it's really about are we slacking when it comes to telling the story we want to tell with our lives? Are we slacking in living out our purpose? Are we slacking investing in investing time and resources and effort into the things that matter most to us? Are we slacking when it comes to the family that we want to be? It's not about whether or not you're working hard. It's not whether or not you're putting in 40 or 50 or 60 hours. It's, it's not about laziness. It's about whether or not you're putting your time and your energy and your resources into the right things. Are you putting it into things that connect you with your purpose? Are you putting them into things that make your family healthier? We have to stop the excuses that, that we hear all the time. Well, it's just a season. Well, COVID happened. Well, once I get that raise, once I finish this semester, once I... No, today, today we will choose to put our time and our energy and our schedules, our calendars. We want to have those reflect the values of our life. Does your value have a date night on it? Does your calendar have a date night on it? Does... Does your calendar have family nights? Does your calendar have experiences for you to be able to connect with one another? Maybe for you, you, you need to put something on your calendar of, hey, this is just a talking night. We're going to turn the TV off and we're going to sit at a table, me and my wife, and we're going to have a conversation. Well, what are we going to talk about? I don't know. We're just going to talk. And we're going to look at each other until something comes out, right? What are, what, what's on our calendar? What does our calendar and our checkbooks say about what we value? Are we creating healthy, intentional rhythms with our life? Listen, there's, there's so many things we could talk about here. These are just scratching the surface, just some of the basic things that, that we, we try to value in our home. And, and sometimes we do an incredible job. And sometimes we are awful at them. And we have to hit the reset button and go, wait a minute, wait. We just had to do this uh, this week in, in my house. Hey, we're just missing the ball when it comes to this certain area. No more excuses. We're, we're getting this done. We're going to do this. This is important to us. We're going to put it on the calendar. We're going to fight for it together. We're going to hold each other accountable. What are the things that you value the most? And are you actually driving towards them? Listen, as we wrap up, I just want to say this to you. Lauren and I believe that from the beginning of time, God knew exactly who you would be with. From the beginning of time, God knew exactly what family you were going to be a part of. And he knew what you would need to learn from your family. He knew what you would need to learn what not to do 
from your family, but he also knew what your family needed from you. What if you were placed in your family to change it, to be that influence, to be that voice that that changed the legacy? You have that opportunity. You're not in the family that you're in. You're not in the relationship that you're in. You're not the parent of those kids by accident. God created you specifically for them. And you have an opportunity to do something about that. For some of you, you need to embrace your family. I know they're crazy. I know you want, they they live lives opposite of you. But what if God wants you to be that one beacon of light in the darkness? What if you're going to be that one family that fights for each other and you fight for your relationship with God and you're the example that changes the rest of your family? Embrace your family. For some of you, you need to step up and lead your family. Men, some of us need to step up and lead our families. We're called by God to be the leader of our homes. And we need to lead. We need to step up and say, hey, I'm going to work on my calendar. I'm going to work on our finances. I'm going to work on the values of our home. We're going to sit down and we're going to discover these things together. And we're going to fight for each other. We're we're going to fight to, to lower our walls, to be transparent and to fight for the heart. Lead your family. For some of you, you need to invest in your family. You need to spend more time and more money on the things that matter. Not buying more things for Christmas, not buying more things for birthdays, not spending money on things that are nice to have, but they do nothing for the lasting impact of their soul, of their purpose, of their life. Invest in the right things. And finally, some of you need to invite your family in. You need to invite them in to be a part of your life. It doesn't mean that you're inviting them in to change how you do things. It's not that you're inviting them in to now be this voice, because if they're not the right voices that you need in your life, you you guard yourself and you surround yourself with the right voices to help connect you with the purpose of God and your relationship with God. But you need to invite them to be a part of your life so you can be that influence, so you can share the love of Christ with them. Don't build this castle where the walls are so high that no one gets to be a part of your life. You were never meant to do life alone. Listen, if Jesus, the son of God, chose to spend every day of his life hanging out with the the, the three crucial years of his life in ministry, he decided to spend them every day with these 12 unruly, unworthy dudes. If Jesus didn't do life on his own. If Jesus surrounded himself with family, he surrounded himself with friends and people he could pour into and they could do life together. Why in the world do you and I think we can do this life alone? We can't. And we were never meant to. So as you leave this message today, I challenge you, invest in the right things. Invest in people and invest in your purpose. Let's not just get a bunch of stuff in our lives, but invest and fight for the right things. And as we do that, we will see God help us become the family we want to be. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, I thank you for these basic principles, these basic values that 
can be so challenging at times. And God, I pray that you would reveal to us the one or two of these things that we need to start to do right now. God, as we're we're just a couple weeks away from a new year, and, and while 2021 doesn't change anything, it's just a new day on the, the calendar. It is a it could be a defining mark for us that as we go into this new year, we're determining that we're going to value the right things, that we're going to fight for the heart. We're going to establish what matters most. We're we're going to define the culture in our homes. We're going to define the culture in our families. We're going to find healthy rhythms. God, I pray that you would just reveal to every person watching today that they would be able to see and hear from you those areas of their life that they need to lean into you more. Help us find value and purpose and establish those principles that help guide us towards the purpose you've laid out for our lives. Jesus, we love you. We thank you. We pray all of this in your name. Amen. We hope that you enjoyed the message today. We would love to be able to partner with you on your faith journey. Regardless of where you're at or what you're walking through, know that your friends at City Hills Church are here for you. If you would like for us to pray for you, click the contact button on the top of the homepage and share your request with us. Our prayer team will keep you and your family in prayer every week. We hope you have an incredible day and that you discover a little more purpose throughout your week. We look forward to seeing you soon.